Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Look at how this man responds in verse 29. But he wanted to justify himself. We've all been there. When we're guilty of something, we try to say, well, officer, I really or whatever. Our kids know how to justify themselves. You know why? Because they watched us. So we asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Instead of saying to Jesus, you got me. I don't love God. Sometimes I don't love my neighbor. I need your help. He doesn't even answer the question of Jesus. He simply moves to another question. We hate being pinned down by a negative truth about ourselves, don't we? We squirm and try anything to avoid facing the reality about what we did or how we treated another person. Jesus pinned someone down and they thought they escaped by asking a seemingly unrelated question. As Pastor Mark will be teaching, the question actually leads to a greater truth about our responsibility to others, as well as exposing the sin in this man's heart. There are plenty of chances for us to see ourselves in this story. If you do, we hope that you will ask God to change your heart to be like His. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part one of his message, Priority, Being Comes Before Doing. We're going to talk about a great word this morning. Let's see if you can pronounce it. Here it is. Ganguzo. Come on, say it with me. Ganguzo. What does that mean? To mutter, to murmur, to grumble. We don't have anybody like that here. Yeah, maybe so. Why don't you just turn to your neighbor and say, sometimes I ganguzo. Go ahead. Just tell him right now, would you? Exactly. Exactly. You know, people say often that the Bible isn't current. How many know Abby from NCIS? You watch Abby, okay? Well, the story this morning, the biblical passage where we're in is the Good Samaritan, where somebody gets robbed on the road and people just bypass them. Listen to what just happened to Abby. NCIS actress Abby was attacked in front of her Hollywood home Thursday night and left shaken and traumatized. On my street, I was jumped by a very psychotic homeless man. The man grabbed me, pinned my arm down, punched me in the nose and forehead, and repeatedly said to me, I'm going to kill you. I was alone and terrified and trapped. She says, I prayed my heart out and tried to connect with the man, speak sense into him. Finally, the man simply said to her, get out of here. And she ran, and he went the other direction. She collapsed on the sidewalk, totally in shock. Moments later, a guy walked by me with his dog, 
The dog stopped and licked my face. He was on his phone, annoyed, and he didn't stop to look or do anything for me. Is the Bible current or what? You'll see it. You see, Ganguzo. He's not stopping. He doesn't care about anybody. He's on a phone. He doesn't want. Who is the one that cared? The dog. Maybe a lesson for all of us, huh? She says, I texted my friend next door and my church friend who was a policeman. They've arrested the man who attacked Abby. She says, I'm shaken. I'm traumatized. I need to heal. I almost died tonight. Well, when you look at life, there's a lot of things about a name called neighbor. Who is your neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Should this man have stopped? Well, of course. But why? Why not? What does it look like? Today, you're going to see four individuals that ganguzo. But we all, you just admitted it, we do the same things from time to time. But I want you to write these two things down to start. Being comes before doing. Pastor Mark, what does that mean? It means this. Godly character comes before doing good works. You see, what we do in life is determined by who we are. Something wrong with this man's character. To see somebody beaten a woman and walk by with nothing to do to help. See, spending time with Jesus is the way that our character is changed. We begin with a very familiar story. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. Scoot on down there to verse 25. Here we go. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. We don't really know what that means, whether he was trying to see what Jesus thought about this or he was just really interested. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit, say it with me, eternal life? Now, why did this man, religious man, ask about eternal life? Well, because the Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes 3.11, he has also set eternity in the hearts of men. Now, every person knows that they're going to live somewhere forever. You may not admit it. You may think in reincarnation or whatever else. Of course, it's not biblical, not true. But God has put it in the heart. You can't do anything about it. You can ignore it. You can deny it. But it's true. See, every person is created in God's image, has a spiritual thirst. Nothing can fill that thirst but a relationship with God. So his religion hadn't filled that need. So he's asking about this emptiness, this eternal life. Well, look what Jesus does. I love it. Verse 26. What is written in the law? The Old Testament. How do you read it? What does it look like to you? What does it say about eternal life? And he answered, words you're familiar with. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your strength, all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. How does Jesus reply? Right on, man. You got it perfect. You see, the man knew, because he was an expert in the law, Old Testament, first five books of the Bible at that time. He was an expert. Of course he knew this. So here's the verses. I just wanted to show them to you. Deuteronomy and Leviticus. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. 
Leviticus, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against one of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Now, to be honest, loving God as a Christian, as a Christ follower, is not too difficult because God is an amazingly good God to us. Can I hear an amen? I mean, it's not that difficult. We don't do it perfectly, obviously, but it's not that difficult. But loving our neighbor, it's a little different. Do you know that sometimes people are messy and sometimes people are imperfect? A lot of ways. So it's much more difficult. Now, when we talk about loving God and loving our neighbor, we go back to the first grade kindergarten class because doing things helps us to remember. Let's get our hands out and see if we can remember what this great commandment is, the greatest command to love God and love people. What's the look? Get your hands out. Here, we're going to do what? Here we go. If you're, you're new, just follow the person next to you. They're not crazy. It's okay. We're going to love who? God. He's here. We're going to love God and we're going to Love our neighbor. Touch your neighbor right now. Just touch him right now. I'm loving your neighbor. So watch me. What's this a picture of? What's this a picture of? The cross. Exactly. The Ten Commandments are divided into these and these. So when you see that, this is what Jesus is going to do. And here's the thing you have to understand. In the book of 1 John, it tells us this. If I don't love my neighbor, I'm not really loving God. Did you get it? The Bible says, if I, if I have trouble with my neighbor, then how can the love of God be in you? So when you watch this, you can't separate these. But you're going to watch two Jewish religious leaders separate it and think they're fine. No, you can't do it. Impossible to do it. Now, when you see this, what it shows is this man, and you'll see, this man knows what to do but he's not doing it. He has the answer correct, but he doesn't live by it. Now, Jesus says, if you'll do this, watch this in verse 28, do this and you will live. Now, Jesus isn't saying you can earn eternal life by being good enough. He's not saying that. What he's saying is he knew nobody could ever obey this. You see, the purpose of the law, the Old Testament law, was not to get to heaven. The purpose of the Old Testament law was to show you and me we could definitely never keep it. The only person that ever kept the law perfectly was who? Jesus. You and I know. Even born with sin and then we practice sin. So no one but Jesus loved God with all his heart loved his neighbor and himself. Now remember, it starts with the heart. It starts with the heart. So everything in my life starts with the relationship from my heart, not good works. So write this down today. We are to love God first, and everything that follows in our life comes out of that relationship. God first, being before doing. Most people think if I'm good enough, I'm going to heaven. No, 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 no. Your character, being, love, love God. Now, Look at how this man responds in verse 29. But he wanted to justify himself. We've all been there. When we're guilty of something, we try to say, well, officer, I really wasn't, or whatever. Our kids know how to justify themselves. You know why? Because they watched us. So we asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Instead of saying to Jesus, you got me. I don't love God. Sometimes I don't love my neighbor. I need your help. 
He doesn't even answer the question of Jesus. He simply moves to another question. And his question is, watch, is, is God guzo? Here's the question. How far does this good neighbor thing go? To that person over there? Really? So he's got complaining already, murmuring already. I came to talk about eternal life. What are you talking about my neighbor for? Well, they're directly connected. So how is Jesus going to respond to this? Now, interesting, he says to Jesus, who is my neighbor? Jesus doesn't answer, but he tells a story. Verse 30. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And when he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. Hello, NCIS Abbey. Do you understand? You know, when I read that on Thursday, I said, God, your illustrations are amazing. (laughs) Two days before I'm teaching this, it's in real life. Now, here's a picture of where they're at. For those of you who go to Israel with us, when we're there, we see these kind of things. And sometimes when you see Jericho and Jerusalem, it doesn't mean anything to you. So when you go from Jerusalem to Jericho, it says down. It's, Jerusalem's high. You go 3,000 feet down to Jericho. So you're going down, and it's around 13, 14, maybe, maybe even 17 miles, depending on you're going to the new, Jerus- uh, new Jericho or the old one. So when you're going there, that whole road is crooked. And it was well known, don't ever travel that alone. Because the thieves knew how to hide, and they would come out. It was known as a place that you were always being robbed. Now, this robbery victim probably was a Jew. And he lay half dead on the road. Verse 31. And a priest, Jewish priest, Jewish religious official, happened to be going down the same road. When he saw the man. By the way, let me stop. Did he see the man? He saw the man. He passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, another Jewish religious official, when he came to the place and saw him, uh, by the way, did, did he see him? He saw him. And he passed by on the other side. They both see him, but they pass on the other They ignore him. Ganguzo. I don't have time. That guy needs help. I'm busy. What is wrong with that idiot? Obviously, he traveled alone. Doesn't he know the danger? Who's, what a stupid man to travel alone. Ganguzo. So they do nothing for him. Who knows what other excuses they were making in their minds? They were religious, but they weren't loving people. They knew the law, but they disobeyed the law. An application to this is this verse. You know it well. Luke 6.31. It's known as the golden rule. Do to others as you would have them do to you. See, being, this is what Jesus is trying to teach. Being, having godly character comes before doing. If I have godly character, I would do something very different instead of passing by. Verse 33, but a Samaritan. Now, let me remind you, Jews hated Samaritans. Samaritans were half Jew, half Gentile. They hated each other. The Samaritans hated the Jews. But, and who's making up this story? Jesus. 
Do you think he has a way that he's going with it? He knows exactly where he's going with it. Watch this. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, did he see him? Okay. Anything different? He took compassion, pity on him. And he went to him. And he bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey. When he put him on the donkey, where is he going to be? He's walking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Bought him to an inn, Motel 6, where the light is always on. (laughs) And he took care of him. And here's the trance. Look at the next thing. And the next day he took out two denarii. He left his credit card and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Is that amazing? Trusting went the second mile. The Samaritan saw he came to the man and treated him as he would wanted to be treated if he was the man. You got it? Any of you ever had a flat tire and you, you're out and you open and your spare is flat? What are you praying for right then? Somebody that's a good Samaritan is what you're praying for. And they come and fix it. Three weeks later, you're out driving. You see somebody, a gal on the side of the road, flat tire. Hi. No, being comes before doing. See, this has great implications for all of us. There's balance to it, but it's biblical. So what do we see from the Samaritan? Exactly that. Being before doing. He has a godly attitude. He's doing the right thing because he knows he should care for his neighbor. This was love and action. It wasn't just looking at the man. It wasn't walking down the street across from him. Not just knowing what to do, but actually doing the right thing. Now Jesus then says to this man, look at verse 36. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of of the robbers. This man doesn't even want to answer it. You know why? He hates Samaritans. He's saying Gaguzo to himself. Hear all this story as a Samaritan? Verse 37. And the expert of the law replied, The one who had mercy on him. Look at me. The one who had mercy on him. He couldn't say the Samaritan. The one. Prejudice. The truth of the story, he's still wrong in his heart. Prejudice. Race, color, creed, religion. Now he knew better. So Jesus says, he didn't even talk about it. He just says this. Look what he says. Go and do Likewise, what does that mean? Write this down this morning. Here's what Jesus is saying to all of us. Go and do likewise. Love your neighbor and make God look good. Now, this isn't new to us. Jesus in Matthew 5, 16 says this. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. This is exactly what this man is doing. Now you say, well, Pastor Mark, Who is our neighbor here? 
Usually when we speak of neighbor, we speak of our apartment complex or the trailer park or the housing area we live or subdivision or whatever. That's true. But I want you to write this down. This is the key. Our neighbor, our neighbor is pretty extensive. Here it is. Our neighbors are anyone God, God puts in our path that we need to love and help. Anyone. Now there's a, there's a balance to this, but I want you to think about that. Can I help everyone? Of course not. Many, many years ago, I remember the first time I went to Haiti. And I, told it, they were, I was told it, and those were the days you flew in. You'd have to go through security. You'd have to do anything. You just flew in. You know, whatever. No sense thing is TSA and all that stuff. You just flew in, got off the plane. And, and they said there was always tons of Haitian kids there. So I had a bunch of pennies and a bunch of candy. And I came. And man, the minute I get off the plane, here they are. Went crazy. In about five minutes, I had nothing left. Except there's a thousand kids still left. That, that spoke to my heart. I've never forgotten it. That's like 40 years ago. I never forgot it. You know why? I can't meet every need. So I'm not saying to you, my neighbors, anybody that has a need, of course not. Ladies, you're going home and you see some guy hitchhiking in the side of Well, Pastor Mark said to pick him up. No, I did not. <laughs> we don't need more funerals. Forget it. I understand. But. You say, well, Pastor Mark, what, what, what do you mean God's going to open the door? He's going to speak to your heart. You'll know when you need to step in. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, can I really do that? Yes. When God guides, he provides. So begin thinking in your neighborhood, where you live. How many have neighbors? How many have, in your subdivision or your apartment complex, how many have neighbors in your workplace that don't know Jesus? Oh my goodness, do we have people that don't know Jesus? So I, I can help them, what, physically? Maybe your neighbor's cutting down a tree, and, and you see him, and he's struggling. Get out of your car. Get out on the street and help him. This man has a tree right over here. <laughs> Seriously, what do we do? Drive right in the driveway, put the garage down, and say to your wife, that idiot out there, Ganguza, was trying to take the tree down by himself. Hello? <laughs> Pretty practical that way, isn't it? Any member from up north when snow came? Some of you people have never seen snow, but those of us that came from up north, we needed help when you had to, here it is, you're shoveling like crazy, baby. What about the spiritual aspect of our neighbor? We're entering a time of the holidays. Many people will come to church on Christmas Eve. We always do four Christmas Eves. They'll come. And we're going to have an amazing Christmas Eve. We're going to have photo booths for families. We'll take your picture with the kids. And I'll say, it's going to be fantastic. Invite them. Pray for your neighbor. Pray for those people that don't know the Lord. Share the gospel with them when God opens a door. It's awful to hear about someone being assaulted, robbed, or worse. These things are a part of our fallen world, and as Pastor Mark shared, Jesus has made it clear that we have a responsibility to help others if we can. We need to be sure that our attitude is correct. God is more concerned with why we do things than what we actually do. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Next time, we'll continue in Luke chapter 10 with the next part of Pastor Mark's sermon. We'll be hearing more about the Good Samaritan as well as about the attitudes of the men that didn't help the injured man. May God show us the need to extend others the grace we've been given and the courage and strength to act on what we've been shown to do. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is given